<laughs> you miss me? Yeah. Okay. Ninja. Got ninja on the beat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> People thought I was dead. <laughs> How can you kill what's already dead? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm back. Cause I never left. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Shout out to all my boys in prison. Colin. Tax fraud. Yeah. Okay. You can't kill what's already dead. Yeah. Okay. When it comes around again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Alright. Oh, yeah. Mm, that was the one. Okay. Yep. And... Perfect. Hello. I'm back. Welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. It feels like a fucking age. I genuinely felt like I was gone for ages. But I was only gone for a fucking week. Most podcasts are weekly. This is a daily podcast. It's been a week. I think some of you thought I was getting bored. I'm not getting bored. I tried a week of doing nothing. Uh, but no, as much as this is tough, uh, it stops me wanting to kill myself. Just kidding. Just kidding. I took a break. I took a break. Because if there's one thing I want you to appreciate is that I'm not, I don't waste your time in this podcast. There's absolutely no time wasting. You know, I've tried to design this podcast so that it's short it's shot nicely and i don't talk out of my ass well i talk out my ass but in a con you know there's so many comedians who are doing podcasts where they're like do you want to listen to my three-hour podcast about how i'm sad just don't waste my time you know so that's what i hope you appreciate is that i try to make these like as much of a fucking content missile so it's as easy as possible to shoot into your brain you know, and that's why I took a break because I thought I was going to waste your time because I didn't, I was out, you know, I was creatively spent and I thought I'd have a week of reflection and I'd come back stronger than ever. But um, no, played Assassin's Creed. That's pretty it, much it. Try to do nothing. I'm trying to learn the skill of just doing nothing. You know, I think it's important to just sit in a chair for five minutes a day, stare at a wall and do literally nothing and trying to develop that as one of my skills to add to my many big skill sets. But I, it's ridiculous. I gave, I had a week to fucking do this podcast. I wanted to do this podcast early so that I'd have like a bit of extra time to space it out during the week. Even though I had like four or five days where I could have easily done this podcast, I have to leave it to the last minute. This is literally, me filming this right now is the last minute I can do it because I have to. I've got to work. To, I just can't do it unless there's a deadline and it's the next day. Um, but no, I, I missed you guys a lot. I think I don't like people thinking I'm bored of this. It's the thrill of a lifetime, but it also nearly killed me. And I appreciate you could be watching porn right now, you know? So I'm trying to make these as good as I can to compete with hardcore Asian pornography, you know? There's hentai. I'm competing with hentai. And that's I think that's a, a mantra that comedians need to start developing and then starting to realise with their long-ass, boring-ass content. You're competing with hentai, Okay. Make it snappy. You're competing with Japanese schoolgirls going, hey, oh, kirichino. Was that racist? It's very hard to know. 
I I feel on the fence about how racists doing Japanese impersonations are. That's one thing that's very reactionary about me. I'm not convinced that if you do good Japanese impressions, I'm not going to do it now, but I'd be lying if I said that I don't do a Japanese impersonation in the mirror. I do a killer Japanese impersonation and I do it in the mirror when no one's around so it doesn't offend anyone but it feels good to get it out and I'm not fully convinced why why it's super racist to do an impression of Japanese people you know I understand doing an impression of Indians Africans that can be offensive but Japanese they're colonial you know they're not exactly oppressed by the white man really I just struggle a bit I've like come like Japan they're like they fucked over everyone I think we should be allowed to do some impressions of Japanese people. Like me, I do it in my mirror alone in the bathroom. Maybe like maybe once a month I'll do a Japanese impersonation, make sure no one's around. And it's an interesting philosophical question. Is it racist to do a Japanese accent if no one can hear you? It's very much like the concept of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it make any sound? If Horatio Gould does a Japanese accent, to himself in the mirror and no one's there to hear it should he get cancelled well we'll never know you'll never know you'll never see my brilliant japanese accent maybe i should set up an only fans for me doing uh racist accents okay that's a poor idea i'm just getting back into it i'm getting back into it it's slow but steady um no it's been a good week me and mum last night i'm a bit hazy because last night mum me and mum ate weed edibles she'd made some gourmet cheese uh, breadsticks and with weed but I don't really know she liked weed but then she just offered it to me and we both got high and giggly we watched Ocean's Eleven it's fantastic once again we're just a bunch of old queens to our heart you know we're a bunch of giggling old queens me and my mum it's the most middle class way to get high isn't it fucking hell gourmet cheese cheese twists with made with weed butter but this week I um, I watched the documentary on Snowden which is uh, interesting because um, I wonder, I always assume that people, I, mean, I feel comforted, I feel comforted that people are, that the government is watching my stuff. Because there's a lot of content and memes and stuff that I make that I don't put out. You know, I'm too scared to put out. And I hope part of me feels like, did I make that for nothing? You know, but I feel like there must be someone working in the government, in the Ministry of Defence, who's laughing at my content that no one else will see. And I don't, I don't mind having an audience of one, but knowing that there's someone there really comforts me. So I'm a big supporter in mass surveillance. Um, but I don't like mass surveillance using it for things like stopping terrorism or, you know, because I think that's a bit of infringement on your right to terrorise, you know? But I think there should be a right for government employees to just, just nose about in people's shit, you know? You're not allowed to do anything with it, but I want, I like the feeling that someone knows the full story but what i was what i wonder about snowden is i wonder if his mates stopped telling him secrets after he broke the news that the nsa was spying on everyone because i think if i was his mate i would think he's a national hero i definitely think he did the right thing i would definitely think that i'd be really proud of him as a friend um but i wouldn't tell him a secret again because once a snitch, always a snitch. And that's like, yes, it, the he was revealing 
a breach of the American Bill of Rights, the, a constitutional crime that he revealed, but he also promised he wouldn't say it. You know, that's like, there's few bigger secrets. And if he's going to fucking spill the beans on the CIA, then of course he's going to talk about, you can't tell him that you fancy your cousin or anything. That shit's getting out. It's Snowden. I love the idea that after Snowden leaked CIA secrets, that his friends are all like chatting to each other. Like, oh my God, did you see what Drew and Tammy did last night? Yeah. His girlfriend can't know. He can't know. Yeah, I know. It's a big... We've got to keep it hard. We can't let that come out. And then Edward's like, you right, guys? Oh, hey, Edward. What are you guys talking about? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Just... Just nothing. I look like you... No, don't. No, nothing. Nothing. Because you can't trust him. Once a snitch, always a snitch. Um, But we're not here to talk about Edward Snowden. We're here to talk about... My boy's gone wild today. And when I say boy's gone wild, I mean boy's plural. Because the subject, I'm not, I don't think I'm fully using the extent of the title Boys Gone Wild as a plural. Because um, the boy gone, Boys Gone Wild this week is the Great Emu War of 1932. Uh, this is definitely one of the greatest wars in the whole of human history. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of history. And if you're a big fan of history, I think you sort of have to be a big fan of wars. I think when you look at history as a whole you come to a realization that the biggest driver of change is war without war we would still be in primitive huts dying of disease as awful as war is and as terrible and brutalizing war is it is the dynamic that grows civilization sadly it seems to be one of the big takeaways when you look at history of a ho- as a whole that nothing speeds up change more than war and there's many great wars to choose from for sure there's many wars that have really shaped human history but for me by far the greatest war is the great emu war of 1932 in australia basically it's a war of the australian government versus 20,000 emus and what I love about that not only is it the only war that's not humans versus humans uh, it's the first and only war of humans versus animals and the animals won so bit of a dreamy situation you can check it out on wikipedia it's genuinely the great emu war Australian government versus the emus so my boy's gone wild this week, other 20,000 emus. Uh, so basically the story was, is that in 1932, the, the world was reeling from the Great Depression. That was in the Wall Street crash of 1929. And it was still relatively soon after the First World War. And in Australia, which was still a very much a growing new country, um, they were looking for jobs to give uh, ex-war veterans so what they said is you can have loads of land in the middle where no one wants to live in that arid area in the middle where no one wants to live uh, and you need to start producing grain and stuff because Australia was in such a depression like everyone else they were demanding loads and loads of uh, produce from their farmers to keep their country going uh, it was a very dire time and then emus who are the national bird of Australia who breed like hell but they're also fucking monsters they're like i think they're like five foot tall they're like 
birch. They're ginormous, but these aren't tiny birds. These are thick, muscly birds that manage to uh, proliferate at a terrifying rate. And normally, they for their breeding season, they go to the coasts. But because there was so much new wheat and grain being developed by the farmers, they grew to a huge number and just started rampaging these farmers' farms. And there's nothing they could do about it. During the night, they just knock down any fence they put up and just d- demolish all of their their crops. So the Australian government decided that they were going to go towards these emus. Uh, it was a big national d- uh, debate because the emu is the national bird of Australia. It's quite a, it's symbolically, it's there's some animal rights questions about just putting down twenty thousand emus, but it was such a risk to their economy that they had to do something about it. So they literally got the commander who like was a general at Gallipoli when the Anzac troops in First World War, they got him to coordinate an attack to kill the emus. <laughs> and um, so he gets like a couple of troops. They have proper machine guns. They think it's going to be an easy job. They set up, they start firing at the emus and the emus just start dodging the bullets. They're like fucking ninjas and move along. So it didn't work. Oh, fuck, we need to try something else. So then they had, uh, they waited by uh, like a watering hole uh, for the emus and they were in the bushes, camped out, ready to catch out the emus. Started firing, but then the, their guns jammed. So they only managed to kill 12 of them and the rest ran away super fast. And whenever they tried to kill them, they'd run away because these emus are these thick, muscly beasts. <laughs> And then, so they thought the only way to kill these emus is to strap machine guns to the back of trucks and chase after them. But obviously, with trucks in the 30s going across the fucking outback of Australia, it's going to be bumpy as shit. So they couldn't have any accuracy. Um, so that didn't work. And they, then when they, the, the last couple of times they tried to gun down the emus, they found that even... Bullets wouldn't kill the emus. They were almost bulletproof. I think one Australian commander is quoted as saying that the emus are as dangerous as tanks. They're certainly as bulletproof as tanks. Um, so they lost that. And eventually they won on the, in the second round of the emu war. Uh, the great, It's the second great emu war when they just basically said to the Aussies... Um, when they basically said to the Aussie farmers, like, here's a bounty, as many emus as you can kill. And then they just thought, all right, mate, and just fucked them up. But I, I, lo- I love a great emu war because Australia's just a fucking mental place. And it's a place that, what I find fascinating about Australia is that it's a country where white people were not meant to live there. If there's any country in the world that white people were just not meant to live, it's Australia. Like, it's as far away from where white people... Like, white, properly white people, like Australians, basically come from Northern Europe. And that's about as far away from Australia as you can possibly go. And it's not made for white people. It just doesn't... Like, you can't you can't have a shit in a toilet without a spider coming up and biting your ass. There's crocodiles everywhere. There's hordes of locusts. Like, it's a miracle they're still alive. But they're just... The, the landscape is constantly trying to kill them. And white people don't care about environment. They're just bulldozed for everything. And they just get fucked up for it. They don't live with the world. And that's what I love about Australia. Is it's just so clearly not meant for white people. And what's crazy about Australian racism is that it's like um, it's like a, a different form of... It's like a supercharged racism. Because, look, I'm not defending any... All racism is bad. 
but at least at least good old-fashioned English racism is like traditional racism you know racism you see in all countries which is that basic tribalism which is like we have been here for a long time so when you come over here and you're not look like me and being all different than that I don't like it me here you there you know that's the most that's the, the kind of basic mode of racism that you see all over the world every country in the world they have that sort of racism me here you there you not me you not come here all right but Australian racism is fucking audacious because what they've done is they've gone to Australia which is not where they're from at all, where Aboriginals have been living thousands of years. And then they're like, look, I know you've been here for a long time, but now we're here, so could you not be here anymore? Is that okay? And Aborigines are literally like, what the f- this is a big, this is like one of the biggest countries in the world. If you're going to come take our land, do you mind if we just share it and live in harmony? No, mate, because I like a lot of space, you know, and I I prefer, I feel more comfortable when it's just people who look like me who live here. Is that okay? I don't want to be a dick or anything, but uh, if you could fuck off, that would be great. Okay, mate? Because Australia, they're still fucking racist as shit. And it's just, it's like American racism is not far off either. I just, I think it's just. You've got to applaud the audacity of being like, look, I, just going to the place where someone else lives and then being racist to them. That's the episode of Boys Gone Wild. Um, it's good to be back. I'm going to be trying to do them daily for a few more weeks till lockdown becomes clearer. And then, then we'll see. Then we'll fucking see. I'm going to keep doing this till I run out of Boys Have Gone Wild. And that doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon because boys be being wild constantly. Um, like and subscribe tell your friends okay if you like this pod just tell your fucking friends alright tell that stupid ugly friend of yours yeah you know what I'm talking about you know the really dumb fucking snotty one with bad acne you know doesn't take care of himself tell that prick get him watching me okay I can sort him out yeah you know your annoying attractive friend you know, the proper fitty who you fancy but you know would never have sex with you because you're hideous. Get her along as well, all right? Let's make the Boys Gone Wild family bigger. It's been a long time and I'm still feeling my way back into the mic and I'm worried I'm a bit too aggressive right now. But, you know, we're learning. If you're not laughing, you're learning. This has been Boys Gone Wild. Thank you.